Welcome, gamers, to Basement Arcade Pause Menu, the show where we hit pause, sit back, and just chill. I am your host, Ben Magnet, and today on the show, I got someone who uh, who plays games a little differently. And by when I say that, I mean she is she loves arcade games, specifically one arcade game. Her claim to fame is that she is the queen of Kong. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, dearest Abby. Hello, Hi. how are you? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's, I I feel like every single time I have a sh- I do a show like this, um, I always talk about how like you and I, how myself and the guests met, but you are special in the case that I did not meet you through Twitter. I met you through Instagram of all places. I don't know. I don't know how I found you on Instagram. I don't know what post it was that just popped up. And I thought, oh, this seems cool. And then like X amount of time later, dearest Abby is following you back. I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> it's one of the well, things. It's like, hey, this person posts awesome retro video game stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do, I'll give their account a follow. Oh, hey, they post a lot of cool stuff. I'm gonna follow. Next thing I know, I was like, dearest Abby follows you back. I'm like, oh, okay then, cool gotta get her on the show hey great i'm so excited for that it's always so fun to hear the other side of it i try really hard to find accounts that are great content creators that are really trying that are pushing out quality content and i will i watched your interview with howard scott warshaw on the book once upon an atari and after i watched that i was like I love this because I had had the book at home. My husband bought it and he was reading Mm -hmm. it. I said, Oh, I want to read it one of these days. And I kid you not just either a day right before or a day after I picked it up, you actually put out your interview with him. And I was like, perfect timing. I know that is perfect timing. And speaking of which I need to finish that book and, and reach out to him again and bring him back on the show. Cause unfortunately the first, like, don't get me wrong. The first time we had him on the show, I was starstruck. I mean, I was awestruck because even though I didn't grow up with Atari specifically, I still I love video game history. That's kind of like one of my hobbies is as much as I love playing retro video games and old school video games, I love learning about them. I love learning the history, what was going on in the world, the culture behind these games. Every like when High Score and, and Console Wars came out on their respective streaming platforms, I was eating that up. I think I watched both documentaries like three times, to be perfectly honest. I started watching High Score and I am a sucker for that kind of animation. And it really just drew me in the soundtrack, everything about it. I haven't finished it yet. I got a few episodes in and you know how it goes when you're watching something you go, I need to watch something else. That's Mm -hmm. exactly what happened. So maybe I'll go back and finish it today. Oh, I I think you should. It is. (laughs) I like how also it's, I mean, yeah, the episodes are like 45 minutes to an hour long, give or take, but I really hope they do more because I think you'll also be surprised about where high score ends. I don't want to spoil. It's it's weird. I'm spoiling a documentary for you, but it ends at a certain era. And I'm just sitting there going, but there's still so much more rich history after that. I'm wondering if maybe they'll do like a part two. I hope so, but I don't, I don't think they've said anything about it. Because uh, I've, mm. I've been trying to, I've been keeping an eye on it. I'm trying to look up, see if I hear anything. I haven't heard anything about it. So I'm hoping just one day will a trailer will just pop up out of nowhere. And right. I'll be like, here's the here's a new season of uh, High Score, or they call it like um, Player One, or I don't know, some derivative. Right. Of They'll come up with something creative. They'll come up with something. So Abby, besides being the Queen of Kong, and don't worry, we'll get into that. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what do you do on Instagram besides post awesome video game stuff? So I actually have 
really started dipping my toes into cosplay. I've always really enjoyed dressing up for fun, just for kicks and giggles. Um, I have a, an, a Miss Frizzle cosplay. And years ago, when I was working at an elementary school, they had character day. And mm -hmm. it was so much fun to wear that because like all of the kids and the teachers knew exactly who that was. And that was my first real taste of... <gasps> you're that person. And ever since then, it was just like, I need to do this again. And it was just the joy that lit up in their faces that lit, you know, the joy inside of me. So every mm -hmm. once in a while, I'll try to create a cosplay or a costume or a prop or something that anybody that enjoys nerd culture or game culture will go, oh, that's cool. You did a thing. So that's something that I've been, been enjoying doing. And actually, I recently won my first cosplay contest and I got first place which was Ooh. a super crowning achievement for me because i do it for fun so mm -hmm. to win was even better it was a cherry on top nice congratulations Thank and you. i and the costume that you used was uh was female jump man right or should it i say was. jump woman or it should i say jump, jump woman i like to say it's a jump man inspired okay. because i kind of go through when i was developing the cosplay i said i don't want to do classic mario red mm -hmm. shirt overalls because i've done that before and i wanted to do something that hadn't been seen but was my own twist on it so because i have that title queen of calling i said you know what let's amp this up a bit let me take the version of jump man mario that's in donkey kong and make it a super cute femme version that mm -hmm. is just my personally personality in one and mm -hmm. i crafted a giant life-size hammer which is like my favorite thing it's as, almost as tall as me i'd be happy to show that off um and it was just anytime i wear it it gets so many compliments and people want to take pictures and it's an easily identifiable outfit it's yeah. got the blue shirt the red skirt the red hat mm -hmm. the white gloves all of the bits and pieces that would make jump man, jump man, but a girl. <laughs> no, I love seeing, because I, in the before times, before COVID decided to screw everyone over, um, I would, I'd be going to conventions. I'd be going to comic cons. I'd be going to like, the I went to a, a video game convention a while ago and just like video game conventions, not a lot of people dressed up, but there was like when you mentioned that you cosplayed as and you won first place. Um, I went to a convention a few years ago and I have a Mega Man, I have a Mega Buster and a Mega Man helmet. And I also have the hoodie from Thinking before they went under. And I wore that and I got so many compliments. See, so you get it. I, I do. I honest to God do. And then even then the next day there was a cosplay contest. So I wore that. And I got, um, I didn't win any ma major prizes. I won um, Judge's Choice because a lot of the people before me, they were just like going up on stage and just being like, ooh, ooh. they're, they're kind of, they're kind of, not to not to rag on them, but they're kind of being stagnant. They're just like on stage, right. maybe a little twirl or just like some for little gesture. I'm, I'm sitting there. I was a theater kid growing up. I was a theater, I was a theater kid in high school. I um, majored in theater for a for a hot second during my collegiate career so i'm looking at all this i'm like mm -mm, that ain't gonna fly with me so i actually <laughs> i couldn't no one else could hear it but i hit the mega man 2 uh opening that you know the, da, 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 the the opening of mega man 2 and i just like ran on stage i, I was trying to do like that. i was trying to do like the jump like you know when mega man jumps in the classic 8-bit games where he puts his arm up and he's like me me i was trying right. to do that and it was it was a good 
that actually got the crowd wild up. And even then I was talking, one of my friends was the judges. And, but once again, it was just a helmet, the cannon and a hoodie and my blue jeans. So my way of calling it, I was calling it Mega Man light armor. Okay. Because I, I wasn't, you know, fully armored up. And um, the, the, like, the, the first place winner was a lady who was in an awesome Legend of Zelda cosplay. Ooh. But even then, one of my friends who was one of the judges and who also convinced me to do the contest in the first place, um, afterwards I was talking to her and she was like, you know what? We really just wanted to give you first place because you had the best energy out of everyone. But we had Aww. to give it to her. And I'm like, that's fine. Know, that's another thing that I enjoy about cosplay because it's the people that get it. It's the theater kids, the kids that just want to put on a show, anybody that enjoys that character and wants to emulate that. They all appreciate it so much. And the community that gets it loves it. So it is just an undying amount of support. And um, I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> Now I'm I'm here for it too, but also what I love about going to conventions and to even video game conventions, like you were doing a spin on Jumpman, you were Jumpman wearing a dress with a big ass hammer, and I'm like, oh hey, she's being Jumpman from Donkey Kong, like yeah. Mario's version, and I love that. But I also what I love is when people take characters and things we know and love and kind of mixed up. Like I remember there's one convention where a group dressed up as Super Mario, but it was like half final fantasy half post-apocalyptic kind of thing like one of, oh, i wish i got a picture of these guys because they look so cool and one of them crafted um this giant sword with a bunch of fireballs on it oh wow yeah and i think one had like a chain chomp on a leash it was just it was very uh articulate and it just looked so cool i was like that's what like Final Fantasy Cross Mario should look like. It's like, I'm here for this. Right, right. And it's you wouldn't have thought to put those things together in your mind. But when you see them together, you're like, oh, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. And so when you see that, it's like, man, the, the amount of time and effort for them to put into that costume is like, it looks amazing. And I, admit, do, I don't think I have a picture with them, but I wish I did. There were times... I've seen so many costumes, but I'm like walking one direction. They're walking the other direction. It's like, I need to go to my thing, but that looks so freaking cool. And then I try <laughs> to keep an eye out for them and I don't see them for the rest of the convention. The struggle at cons is real. The struggle at cons is real. And by Lord, I cannot wait to go back. Same. I'm slowly but surely starting to make it to a few of them. And it feels so good again. And it's not only that, it's like, the things that have been developing in the time that we've been at home and being able to share that as a group now really just does like, I don't know. It feels good in a way that I didn't realize we needed. Yeah. And if, if you don't mind asking, you're out in the Midwest, correct? I'm in Texas. Texas. Yeehaw, okay. baby. <laughs> and here I am in California. <laughs> so, yeah. Cause I noticed, cause I've seen on your, your Instagram feed that you've been going to a few cons in Texas and, I got some very, very hardcore FOMO because we do have a convention coming up here in California, which is good. We're getting those back. Things are, um, I mean, yes, there's going to be a few like restrictions in place. Like I'm, I'm going to assume that we have to wear masks, which is, I'm okay with that. I don't care. Sure. But I see all these retro cons going up in Texas. There's a few going up on the East coast where I have some other friends and, and podcast um, guests going. And I'm just like, California, can we hurry up, please? <laughs> I like really want to go. I was supposed to go to one before the pandemic hit, but then like a and a few major guests and YouTubers were gonna go, but of course, but once again, this was right before the pandemic, right before everything started shutting down. So once a few of the main guests decided to bow out due to health concerns, 
I was like, okay, I can, I can still go. That's fine. And then it's like, no, we had to cancel the whole event. I'm like, mm, hello, darkness. It my hurts. Yeah, it hurts. But, yeah, but you know what? People are staying. People are being safe. And that's all. And at this point, that's all I care about. So, Abby, on these shows, as you can tell, we tangent and we go and we go on rants every uh, once in a while. But we do have a main topic of the show. Okay. And today's main topic is arcades. I'm talking arcade games. I'm talking like going to your favorite arcades. Essentially, what your thoughts are arcades, and not just like classic arcades, but also. 21st century arcades and stuff like that because i have a few questions dealing with uh arcades in general but first i want to ask you why donkey kong and how did you get the title of queen of kong oh this is my favorite question to answer so in 2009 actually it even starts before 2019 when mm -hmm. i first met my husband we actually met at an arcade Hold and <laughs> you met your husband at an arcade I sure did. That lucky son of a bitch. <laughs> it, Actually, it, no. was, it was such a fun night. And it was like <laughs> the true nerd romance story. And it was like two star-crossed nerds find their way. <laughs> they battle over a, a Street Fighter 2. No, it really wasn't like that. But it would have been great. Street Fighter 2? Did you guys play Street Fighter 2? No, we didn't. <laughs> he okay. was actually in an arcade tournament that night. Oh. And um, I just went because I was single and I wanted to go do something that I remembered enjoying when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And we were chit-chatting uh, throughout the night. And it was so funny because it, we just clicked. You know, when you meet your spouse, you're like, oh, I like you. We like the same things. We're here doing something we enjoy together. Well, as we're beginning to date, he would regularly compete in the tournaments and mm -hmm. I would get a little bit jealous, right? As a girlfriend would do. No, pay attention to me. Quit playing attention to the game. Pay attention to me. And then I said, well, hang on a second. You can do that. I want to do that too. And then it developed into me trying different games. And then I said, well, I'm going to start streaming these games so that I can watch them back at one point. Mm -hmm. And we didn't start with Donkey Kong. We started with Miss Pac-Man. Okay. And he would set up a gauntlet for me. He'd say, okay, try this pattern, try to get to this score. Once you achieve this score, you'll actually be pretty decent. If you were to compete in a competition, you would get a good, you know, you'd do pretty well compared to mm -hmm. other people. And then we would switch to another game. And my, one of my next favorite games, Bank Panic. And I absolutely destroyed him at that game. And I got that high of you're going down, buddy. This is my <laughs> game. Don't come near it. And that was really all that it took for me to get hooked on to continuing to play. And mm -hmm. I found the passion of playing video games and remembering that part of my youth and finding a hobby that I enjoy and something that we can enjoy together. And as I was streaming it and playing different games, Donkey Kong was one of the games that we said, okay, if you can nail this game, you've got it all from here. This is, you know, the cream of the crop. Mm -hmm. And as I was streaming them, I always credit the Donkey Kong community for this part because they just would come in and say, try this pattern, do this this way, do it this way. And they really just kind of came together and encouraged me as a player, not, you know, say, oh, well, you're a girl, you can't do that. I never had that experience because they all just wanted to see me succeed in this game. And that is one of my favorite things about the Donkey Kong community, which is why I have just said, 
this is my thing. I'm sticking to it. And then somewhere in 2019, I think going towards 2020, I said, man, I am so bad at Donkey Kong. I am the opposite of the King of Kong. I'm the Queen of Kong, right? I am just terrible at this. And then I had a, a, a switch flipped in my mind. I said, instead of being terrible at this, you're going to be good at this. Mm-hmm. And then I did. And I just kept practicing. We set up those gauntlets. I would take pictures of my scores. And it was great because whenever I would hit a new achievement, I would have this team of people just proud of me for hitting a new goal. And it has been that way ever since. And it is such a high to have people that enjoy the things that you enjoy, same for cosplay, cheering you on and enjoying the game, the play. When I'm streaming, we'll have music on. It's just a big fun thing to do together. And um, now I'm one of the top five female players worldwide. Nice, that is awesome. I like how you, I mean, first of all, I love how you met your husband. Because when I first met my girlfriend, when I came, uh, when I went to go pick her up for our first date, there's this big giant, like when you said to, like when things just clicked, it clicked for us because I'm also a huge Star Wars nerd. I walk into her house at the time and there's this big giant painting of Darth Vader over the mantle, on the mantelpiece. And right when I walk in and I see that, I'm like, who is that? Because I'm also because a I'm excited, but also b I'm nervous because I've had previous relationships before where they didn't really get it. Like, um, really quick st- story. My very first girlfriend when I was in high school, um, I was very scared of her finding out that I liked video games, I liked manga, and all this other nerdy stuff. Because I mean, even though we were both theater kids, she was a varsity cheerleader, and I right. was still in that, and I was still in, like the stupid the sitcom high high school rules of if you're going out with the varsity cheerleader, you can't like any nerdy shit at all. So I would be level grinding on Final Fantasy 12. She would call me and I would have to mute my TV and just have my phone up. To her oh, man. Oh, and when she no. would ask me what I was doing, I'd be like, mm, nothing. I would never tell her I was playing Final Fantasy. But when I met my my current my current lady, um, I walked in, I see the Star Wars poster. And I'm like, who's is that? And she's like, oh, that's my friend. She let me keep it. I'm like, you like Star Wars? She's like, yeah, I love Star Wars. I'm like, essentially, if the angels came down and sang, that was the moment. And also, it helps that she also likes video games. I cannot tell you how many times I came home, I've seen her playing Animal Crossing, or we we, we would play Smash Bros together. And she she supports me with, with my video game stuff. So that may, so it's like, I got a good one. Right, it really does. And when you can click on that, and it's it's a hobby. It's something that you can enjoy alone, and but it makes it better with someone. And that it's such a cult classic thing. Well, I can't really say that Star Wars is a cult classic thing because it's like <laughs> you either love it or get out, right? Not yeah. really. <laughs> We're not shaming the community, but at the same time, you know, which one's your favorite? <laughs> but it really, it truly is like that. And we are both, I mean, my husband has all of his original toys from when he, in his childhood. He's a huge vintage toy collector. I only show, I mean, maybe barely anything. Most of the things that I get to show off are things that he had or he grew up with. So I'm getting to enjoy my experience with figures and games all for the first time. Because to, to your point, I think we're both from the same era of, you know, oh, that stigma, if you're with a cheerleader, you can't like those kind of things. If you're a girl, girls don't do those kinds of things. And that was the mentality that I grew up with. Yeah. But my grandfather 
knew that I did like some of these things and he, he fostered that in me, but growing up, it kind of, I lost it along the way, but now that I'm getting to re-enjoy all of it for the first time or all over again, it, it makes me appreciate it that much more. And then I've got someone that just fuels it, makes it so much better. <laughs> yeah, de that definitely helps. Cause especially when I was in high school, it was, I have my group of friends where it's like, if you know, you like the same things they know, and you can talk about it amongst them. But um, like back in when I was in high school, I maybe would have worn a t-shirt like this, a, a, a Super Mario Bros. t-shirt, possibly if it was like fashionable enough or something. But other than that, it's like nerd shirts. It's like, no, get out of here. I was wearing Harley Davidson t-shirts 90% of the time. I had a really few really cool band t-shirts that I really liked and maybe like one or two nerd shirts. Now it's the complete opposite also because I don't have my Harley anymore, which makes me sad. But oh. yeah, I had a Harley back when I was in. <laughs> I got lucky. And but now that I'm because I just like at the time of this recording, my 31st birthday was yesterday. That's and right. I was, Happy belated birthday. <laughs> thank you. And I'll, I'm like posting stuff on like my Twitter, my Instagram. Like my mom was she my mom came over. She was teaching me how to bake a family recipe that's been in our family for years. And as like a little gift, she got me video game balloons. She got me like a controller, uh, a Super Mario balloon, a Pokemon balloon. And she was like all mad because what um, there was like a Pokeball balloon that they showed off the store, but they were out. So she couldn't get it. And she really wanted that one. And I'm just looking at this like, you know what? There might be some people who would be like, you're 31 years old. You, why do you still like this sort of thing? You should, you're, you gotta be an adult. You gotta be a, a stingy adult. It's like, no, I mean, yes, I am an adult. And I still like doing fun stuff. I have a job. I have a, an adult job, but this stuff makes me happy. This stuff is, this stuff is fun for me. Right. And it's and also the best fun part about being an adult and having an adult job is you have more money to buy all of the nerd things that you like. Come on, man. <laughs> in my <laughs> one uh, thing at a time, even if you have to do it that way, one thing yeah, at a time. Yeah, my not too much, but luckily I did get some birthday money. So now it's like, oh, I can splurge a little bit, but not too much. Good. <laughs> but yeah, so getting back to uh, getting back to you because you're the star of the show. Um, becoming how how exactly are the queen of how like you said you're the, one of the top five female players of the Queen Kong. First of all, awesome. But second of all, this is like a whole new thing for me. Oh, okay. um, so because I don't really know exactly how high scores because I know about Twin Galaxies. I know that there's there's like an official high score keeping keeping section. So. How did you officially find out that you're one of the top five players and how did you, what was the process for that? Cause that actually does interest me. Cause there are parts of me that I do want to get using the dark souls language here, get good at a video <laughs> game. Cause you got good at King, uh, Donkey Kong real quick. And I was like, what's the process of submitting a score and how did you find out that you're one of the top five players? So there's a few different ways that you can do it. If you're familiar with, um, there's video games and you kind of, you play on true hardware and then you can also emulate games and there's nothing wrong with either format of those. It's just, if you go to submit a score, there's different processes of submitting those things. So when you emulate a game, uh, there are online forums. And if you go to submit your score on that forum, you need to have an INP, I think it's called. And that is the physical recording of the game not a stream like it would be like this it is the the documentation almost like i could be saying this wrong but i always try to think of it like the html code for the game just mm -hmm. so that they can run through that you didn't have any rom hacks or anything mm -hmm. through there that it is the true 
game. So you would submit that. You're so essentially, essentially ways to prove that you did not cheat. Correct. Yes. Okay. And that it, that it is, uh, there's different versions of the game. So if you mm -hmm. want to put your score in for Donkey Kong, you would do it or Donkey Kong Jr. It's just, mm -hmm. they run it through the filter, make sure that that's, that it is what you say it is. Okay. Um, and they, they record it. It goes onto the forum and I don't run the forum. I'm just a member for whenever I submit my scores. Um, but the people that run it, you just put it in on the file that you're at and they upload it and, and it shows up on the list. Uh, similar concept for when you're streaming on the hardware, except mm -hmm. for there is a live feed that I shoot straight from the cabinet to my laptop. Mm -hmm. And then you have to take your camera and record the control panel. You have to show mm -hmm. the PCB board, everything. And then you have to restart the game after the end so that it pulls back up again with all three lives. So it's just a matter of verifying a different way, same way you would with IMP, but on the actual machine. And there's no one better way to do it than the other. It's everyone's mm -hmm. personal preference. Not everybody has the luxury of owning a Donkey Kong cabinet. So emulating <laughs> yeah. is still just as fine. But it took me, um, I always say my community showed me the way they really did because whenever I was getting these, they would say, you need to go submit it to the forums, go submit it to the forums. Mm -hmm. And as I started doing that, you can see your name show up on the list of all these other people. And if you're excited, whenever you go from maybe number 523 to number 324 or whatever it is, you show up on there. And I kind of looked through the list one time and I said, I don't see a lot of women on here. I want to be really hmm. curious to know where does this fall through? You know, in streaming, you kind of go, okay, I know that that person streams that. I know that, that I know everybody in the community, but there's no, there's not a lot of other women that do that. And I just kind of was inspired by that to kind of take this thing and run with it. And now I go look through all the titles and I say, I'm, I'm really up here. I'm not one of the best players worldwide. There are people that dominate this game regularly, but for the ladies, I think I'm holding it down. I mean, still, I mean, the fact that, um, especially in today's day and age, I love how more open, uh, especially ladies are because back, I mean, I can only remember back in the day where it's like, um, it's like those who were when, when I say by open, I mean they're not afraid to show off. Like, hey, I like this also nerdy stuff that was pre that was previously a male dominated thing, such yes. like a comic books or and and now of course video games because video games is a, a male um, or at least what unfortunately probably still is a male dominated uh, hobby. But the fact that more women and more ladies are going are getting into it and they're loving it and they're playing and they're like, hey. I love these old retro games, and also I'm just as good as you are. To me, it just makes me happy because I will not lie. There was a time, there were times where it's like I just see a whole bunch of guys. I'm like, girls like this stuff too, right? right? <laughs> we're the ladies. That's really what it was like. Anytime I used to go to convention, I'd be like, where are the girls? I want to make some friends here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I just, to me, it just makes me happy that more like from what I've seen, because I know that I'm not that this like, oh, it's all perfect. It's it's not perfect. Because obviously, you, um, last night you posted something which was just, oh, made my skin crawl. But <laughs> because there is that toxic element. There's toxic elements in every sort of fandom, no matter which way you slice it. Like, I'm just, I posted a picture with me and my balloons on Twitter. I'm just waiting for some a-hole to cut to find it and be like, you need to be an adult, you know, that sort of thing. But I'm glad you're taking it and like you're enjoying this and you're like, no, this literally is fun. I absolutely love doing this. 
And I do. It's great. And I, I enjoy inspiring other people to play too. And I always chuckle when somebody says, oh, I'm so bad at this. I can't do that. I just want to say like, come hang out with me on stream. I'll show you how to play. Next time you're at an arcade, take a picture and I will tell you way to go. Good job. I'm never going to shoot somebody's score down because I would be embarrassed if somebody did that to me. I would be like, I tried my best. What do you mean? But I always want anybody to just say, just try, just mm -hmm. go for it, have fun doing it. And if you smile at least once while you're playing, you've had fun. I will not tell you when I finally, now for you, Game Pass Level 1 of Donkey Kong, you could probably do that in your sleep. But for me, I don't know why. But I mean, I will fully admit that I am absolute trash at Donkey Kong. Like, the, I read, like that original arcade cabinet, every time I see it, it's like, why can I not get past level two? Right. It's a, one of these. I do it too sometimes. Yeah. If I had a really bad night where I'm playing, I'm like, you're so lucky right now. <laughs> it's like, you're so lucky I spent X amount of money on you. That you're <laughs> you're really lucky. I love you. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I do love Donkey Kong. Don like the Once again, Donkey Kong, the arcade game, has a huge place in video game history. But for some reason, it's just one of those games that I just can't. Now, I'm not saying I'm good at arcade games. I love arcades. I love going and playing arcade games. Am I necessarily, like, amazing at them? Oh, hell no. I just like playing them. I don't see myself as super competitive, even though there, there is a little bit of a competitive side to me. But that's only when I'm going toe-to-toe -to -toe with my friends. Right, right. And that's the point of arcades. You go there to have fun. You don't go there to win every single game. You just go to play uh -huh. and have fun and enjoy yourself. And I think that's, I don't think when arcade games were as popular, when they were at their prime, people knew that still to this day, people were going to be enjoying them as much as they are. They really have had their stamp on history in gaming. And even casual gamers, people that will just go to an arcade, you know, just for a fun a date, you know, maybe people that don't regularly play games, they still know they go because it is a fun thing to do. Oh, yeah. I have, like, any chance, any excuse I have to take myself <laughs> and my friends to an arcade or even to a classic arcade is just, to me, it's like that's the, the absolute best. But speaking of arcades, um, so last night, like, you know, it was my birthday. I went to a, uh, I went to, <laughs> I went to an arcade last night also because A, it's my birthday. B, I was doing a little bit of research for <laughs> this episode. And the arcade I went to last night was, I call it more of a modern arcade. And when I say modern, I mean that a bunch of the games there are ticket games. And when I say yes. ticket games, they're games that you play a around of something and you do it to win tickets. I mean, yes, they had a, a section that was full of fighting games, full of light gum games, which is awesome. But majority of the games that are there are games to win tickets, games to win prizes. But they did have a lot of cool games imported from Japan that were all in Japanese. And I played one of them and I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I think the technical term for ticket games is redemption games. Any game okay, that yeah. you get something back from, I think the term for that is redemption game. And if I'm wrong, somebody please tell me, but I'm almost positive that's what it is. Well, you know, for the sake of argument, let's go with redemption games because okay, that's a lot. Cool. That sounds a lot better. And actually, that makes sense. So, like, with places like Dave and Buster's and Round One, that some of them do have classic um, coin-op arcade games. But to get to those classic arcades, you have to go to places specifically for them. What are your thoughts on um, on these redemption games or these redemption game arcades? Do you still like like going to those, or are you kind of like I? I mean, obviously, if I had to choose between one and the other, I would choose one. But 
What are your thoughts on redemption? I think um, redemption great games are great if you're seeking some kind of instant gratification. If you are fine with settling for whatever prize it is in there. Maybe you like the thrill or the gamble because that's really what it is of maybe you get an Apple watch or maybe you get a stuffed animal. If that is what you choose to, if that's your vice, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. then go for it. Dave and Buster's is a phenomenal place to enjoy some of those. And I think um, it's a great money-making strategy because of course they're going to want people to come back and you want to earn that big prize, right? So yep. if it is something that you do regularly and that is your thrill, I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, personally, speaking of prizes, I, this is what I won yesterday. Oh, look how fun! Yeah, well, I didn't even know it was on that. I didn't even know if this was in there to be honest. I was in there because I got a, I got a few. I got like a jackpot or the 20, 250 bonus on Space Invaders Frenzy. And then I won a 500 ticket jackpot on Jurassic Parking where you just had to push a car and wherever it lands, that's how many tickets you got. And I got the jackpot. And then I went inside. I saw that I, I had just enough. And I'm like, and my, my friends on the, on Star the mothership. Again. <laughs> yeah. On the mothership show, my friends call me nostalgia's bitch because I just love the retro stuff. And of course, seeing this, since it's a Famicom controller, and I'm like, mine. Like, yes. the second my girlfriend saw that, she was like, yeah, you're getting that, aren't you? I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> Happy birthday. You earned it, right? I think it's I only did. fair. Well, she helped me out, because there were times she took my car to play some other ticket games. So, she, and also, it's a, it also it works, because I have, because where I record is also my gaming loft. You can't see it, but my TV's right over there. Very cool. Yeah, so we have a TV and our games are all set and the video game consoles are set up. And also this is a good uh, back, bottom back, uh, back of the uh, lower back pillow. So that helps. Right, isn't being an adult fun when you can find multi-purpose things? Like not only is this a great pillow, it'll be great for my lower back. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Especially since my ca the couch I sit on to play games is, is lower. There's no full back support. Because there are times I'm playing games, I have to move the pillow to, to support. So now I got, I got a pillow. But anyways, very good. Apologies for interrupting. I just want to show you that because I thought it was super cool. It's cool. I love it. It's so cute. It's the perfect size too. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, like when you're saying about, because um, you're right, these are gamble. The, these machines, they're not gambling because you're going to win something no matter no matter how bad you are at the game. Right. But even when I was a kid and uh, my family would go to Laughlin or Las Vegas, I would always say, yeah, let's go to the arcades because that's where the kid, because you know, I'm in Las Vegas, I'm a kid and I want to try my luck and win something too. right yeah so i i used to call the arcades the kid casinos as a oh that's perfect i mean that's what chuck e cheese is right oh <laughs> no my local chuck e cheese died when i was a, the one i went to as a kid Aww. it recently closed down and i mean yeah because but there's like three games i distinctly remember playing okay the let me ask you this did you ever mm -hmm. play that bozo's bucket game it was a little ping pong balls and you would have to sh it was almost like ski ball where there was different prizes the further down it went but there was big popcorn looking bucket things that was my favorite game and i have never seen it since then i don't remember that one i don't think my chuck e cheese or the chuck e cheese's i went to had it okay but 
I do remember there's this one uh, pachinko style Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game where you take like a like a plastic golf ball, you drop it in the top, and then it just like goes it like goes ding ding ding, ding like wherever it lands, that's how much t- how many tickets you. Win. I know the exact one you're talking about. Oh yes. my gosh, the nostalgia just came rushing over me. Yeah, but besides <laughs> that one, they're they're like that was one of the three games I will always remember playing. The the other two weren't redempt. They weren't ticket games. Those were games that you just excuse me they just play you just put your tokens in to get the high score mm-hmm. teenage mutant ninja turtles the original arcade cabinet it's one of my everyone talks about turtles in time but that's the one i grew up with and that's my favorite beat em up of all time i know it's not turtles in time but god damn it i love that game good yeah. you take that banner and you wave it <laughs> and also arcade one up has a, a cabinet of that that includes the original arcade and turtles in time so uh one so one day when I have something called space, it will yes. be mine. But it's of course, a very like, rare thing every collector has to struggle with. Yeah, space. especially with my especially with my house. My I mean, we it's a small place we are, we're living in right now, but someday, but that's a little lower on the list. The first one is Marvel versus Capcom. Ooh, good one. Yeah, because they because Best Buy has the Marvel versus Capcom uh cabinet with all the games. But the reason why I want that one from Best Buy is because it the cabinet has the art on it. Yeah. That said, Marvel versus Capcom because I want that art. There's a reason my phone screen, my uh, lock screen for my phone is pulled up. There's that's above a bunch of notifications. Go away, notifications. I want to show her my cool <laughs> art on my phone. There you go. There's a reason it's Marvel versus Capcom. Oh, cool. On my phone background. Very neat. Yeah, That'll be a favorite. great addition to your collection one day. Yeah. One day more. Someday. That's it. That's the deal. Yeah. Yeah, so in comparison, uh, like yeah, in comparison. redemption point games, they're okay. They're not my favorite, but I think there's, I think everybody kind of writes off arcade games. Like maybe they're easy, maybe they're not, but there really is a genuine level of skill involved with playing them. And it's not like a console game, like an NES or an SNES game where you either have the patience to play through a game. You can sit down and play it. A lot of arcade games, because they are computer-based, have patterns to them. Mm-hmm. So trying to play them casually, just for fun, enjoy your time, it's a bit of a struggle because not everybody wants to take the time to learn the patterns. So I think that's why it's a level of integrity when you call yourself an arcade gamer because there is a level of work that goes into it. Not saying casual players can't go in and enjoy a Donkey Kong or a Miss Pac-Man or any of that, but... In a competitive sense, if you were to go in and try and play and play, 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 I think um, you'll get the most bang for your buck out of a regular or a traditional arcade with cabinets. Yeah. And also one thing I have to say that I love about traditional arcades, especially the ones that I'm able to go to here in Southern California and the ones that I've seen, like when you're post, like when you went to that one arcade, I want to say up in Milwaukee. Oh, uh, up down. Oh yeah, man. Down. Like when you went to that one, I'm like, where is that? It's like, it's, and I try to find, I think the closest one to me is in like Nebraska. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the one bad thing about living in Southern California is that like we have a lot of open, well, we have a lot of great things here in Southern California. But also there are times I look at other states. I'm like, yo, that looks really cool. Where is that? Damn it. It's like five states away. 
It's Sorry. in a different. No, it's not your. It is not your fault at all. Trust me. If you ever come to Southern California, please hit me up because there's a lot of places I like to take you and your husband. I think you'll very that much would enjoy. be a lot of fun. And I get that offer all the time. I just I have this pipe dream. Chuckle if you want. I want to play Donkey Kong in every single state. I think that would be a great bucket list. And just to have a map and like maybe put the Donkey Kong on top of that state so I can go like I've been there, I've been there, I've been there, I've been there. And it would be fun. I don't have to get the high score on it, but it would just be cool to go. I've been there. I played Donkey Kong there. It's just a pipe dream. No, that I think that's a very fun pipe dream. I think that's also Also, I feel that's a great way to like see what the gaming scene is like in different states and different areas. Because I feel like here in California, like I was talking to one of my friends and a former podcast guest out in Carolina, like he was telling me a story of how he scored a CIB Game Boy for $20 on the Facebook market. But once again, he's out in Southern California or Southern Carolina, South, not Southern Carolina, South Carolina, <laughs> or is he in North? He's in one of the Carolinas. Right. He's out in Carolina. And the retro scene out there is, I don't want to say it's very prevalent, but the person who had it didn't know what they had. And there's a, I feel like there's a lot more chances of where people have this, this certain thing and they put on like the Facebook marketplace or offer up or eBay and they just don't know what they have. So right. he bought a C- like a near mint CIB Game Boy, original 89 brick for $20. Whereas here in Los, in the Los, cause I'm in the Los Angeles area. Uh-huh. That's there's like no way in hell you're gonna find no. that. You could probably find that at a at a at a garage sale if you're lucky. But a lot of people like here know what things are, right? Or will so, take the time to look it up and see yeah. what its value is. Yeah, like if I were to go to a swap meet and someone had a complete CIB Game Boy, I would just be like, "That's a little sus." Yeah. Like if someone's selling it, I would have to like really look at it and like inspect it and make sure it's not like a. Because there are times where I remember going to swap meets and I would see like the knockoffs, the bootlegs were, it, right. it looks a little bit like the thing, but it's not really the thing. And it's just a bunch of shovelware and ROM and uh, NES ROM hacks and just bootleg games. And I'm, and I just go, that's going to fool so many grandmas. Yep. I'm trying to remember what is the difference when people do repro Nintendo stuff. Don't they take the dot off of the eye? It's like, I think they take the dot off the eye or else, or they just like slap something on that makes it look like the font. It's right. You have to like, re- like, especially cause I collect a lot of um, right now. My main collecting is handheld games, mostly because they're smaller and I have more space for it. Okay. And when I try to find a uh, GBA games, you, I have to like really look cause like, there's, there's a little number imprinted in the label. And if the cartridge and if the, it doesn't have that number, then it's a fake. Okay, I think maybe that's what, there was something I was trying to learn about not long ago, just to kind of enjoy looking through games, because at these conventions, you know that they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was something, and something about the dot on the eye either is or isn't there, and that's a way to tell if it's an authentic thing or not. Possibly, and also with a lot of older cartridges, um, like if you go to a, a convention and there's like a certain screwdriver with a certain head on it that you can like use to open up the game carts for like mm-hmm. pretty much all Nintendo cartridges. Like if you open up, there's like a way to tell, oh, this is a real cartridge or it's a fake one. And of course, some sellers, like there's a seller at one of the places I want to take you if you ever come out here. Um, they will be co- a lot of sellers I know who do sell retro games will straight will tell you upfront, like, hey, this is a reproduction. This is not the real thing. But gotcha. I'm yeah. at a discounted price compared to the original. 
because there's a lot of fake Pokemon games out there. And I don't know why, but Pokemon is still just stupid expensive, even to this day. Hey, they know it's a gold mine. They do. They most certainly do, which is why I've held on to my red version since 1998, and you will take that out of me from my cold, dead hands. You're getting buried with it. <laughs> there's a few games I'm getting, let's be real. There's a few games I'm getting buried with. There's a Sonic the Hedgehog toy that I've had since Sonic the Hedgehog 3 came out. That's my favorite toy of all time. That sucker I'm getting buried with. I know that for a fact. Listen, if I could get buried inside the Kong cabinet, like as my casket, that might be a really good idea. Kind of morbid now that I'm thinking about it, but also... Sick. I mean, I, do, I mean, I thought about it and I thought it was like, you know, because I mean, yeah, yeah, we're all gonna die someday. But if I were to die, I like to be, I like to be a tree, like just turn oh, me into a tree. I want to, right? I want to, of course, probably not bury, be a good idea to bury a plastic toy with me because I don't want that to happen. But uh, still, like, if I could, become I think tree, it balances out. You know, it's it's yeah. one for one. Bury with a yeah. plastic toy, become a tree. It really. I think in the long run, the tree will be around longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or who, or who knows? Like if, because I don't have kids yet. But when I, if, if slash when I do, if my kids really like that toy, then yeah, I'll make sure they have it. Oh, so like that's sweet. Tradition, I love that. The tradition passes on, Aww. or the tradition continues. So, um, there, oh yeah. So going back to arcade games. Now, sure. obviously, I am going to assume Donkey Kong is your favorite arcade game of all time. I do love it. I love it a lot. I mean, you have that giant cabinet behind you, so I'm like, I'm pretty sure she really likes Donkey Kong. I um, do. Are there any other arcade games that you absolutely love besides Donkey Kong? So there's one that's not as popular, and it's kind of one that's hit or miss at arcades. It's mostly missed, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It's called Bank Panic, and Ooh, that, I think, okay. is a... Oh, gosh, I can never remember. I want to say maybe a Midway game. And the way that it works is you play as a cowboy defending a bank from robbers. So you have your joystick that will move the screen left or right. And then you have three buttons and those are your, um, which you would use to shoot at a robber and you move the screen to the doors and you can kind of see up at the top where there's um, like little icons that tell you when someone's clo coming closer and closer to the door. So you have to time it just right. Because, of course, time will run out. That's how mm -hmm. a lot of arcade games are. Um, and you have to collect money from patrons at each door without being shot by a robber. Mm -hmm. Or if you shoot a patron thinking it's a robber, you'll lose a life. Or if you get mm -hmm. shot by a robber. Um, that one's really fun because it's a reaction time game. And because there's three and you kind of have to look and there's a lot of things happening at one time. Um I don't know how to explain the thrill, but as you progress through the game, the doors open faster, the screen moves faster, everything kind of counts down a little bit quicker and mm -hmm. you have to pay attention. And it almost becomes like, you have to think without thinking, muscle mm -hmm. memory takes over. And that is so much fun once you really start getting into the game because it's all so quick. And that's the game, <laughs> that was the first game that I was able to do better than my husband at. So naturally, oh. <laughs> it's a special place in my heart. Um, I did learn not long ago that it didn't do well when it was first released. Mm -hmm. So all of those cabinets were eventually turned into a different game. And then kind that like how, game. Kind of like how Donkey Kong was turned into something different when it first came out. Or like, um, like originally when Donkey, like when, cause when Donkey Kong became Donkey Kong, mm -hmm. it was a different, I, I misworded that. My apologies. 
because Donkey Kong was something different before it became Donkey Kong. Because I remember the story on High Score. They're like, hey, we have a bunch of these games. And then they found out Donkey Kong was more popular. So they just re they swapped the boards, redid the art, and then yes. it became Donkey Kong. Yeah. So uh, Popeye is one that a lot of times they'll get converted one to another because they have the same physical measurements on the cabinets and where the the sound is, the slots mm-hmm. are for sound. Those are almost identical. Um, so you'll see that a lot too. A lot of times people, I, I myself will get the cabinets confused. Like, oh, there's a Kong and then it's a Popeye. The Popeye's still a good game. Um, But yeah, that's what they did with Bank Panic. They turned it into another game, which was significantly less popular. And then from there, they just quit making the game altogether. So finding a true Bank Panic cabinet out in the wild is really difficult. But fortunately, the arcade that's closest to me has one. And I think still to this day, I have a high score on that cabinet at that arcade. I feel like the arcade's like, you know what? This is Abby's one of Abby's favorite games. We got to keep it because if she comes in well, here, that big pan's gone. She's going to riot. <laughs> it's also not that popular. So I think it's kind of a gold mine that they wouldn't get rid of it because I, I don't know if you've looked recently, but trying to purchase a cabinet these days, the price has increased exponentially. I oh. guess due to the pandemic, people were being at home. They wanted to have more things that they enjoy. So trying to, one, find a cabinet. Two, at a reasonable price, if you've got that in your collection, it's not going anywhere. So I'm lucky that I get to enjoy it vicariously through them. <laughs> I mean, at least you're able to play it. As long, right. as, you have a, as long as you have a way to play it, I say that's a win. But I mean, to answer your question on um, if me looking at arcade cabinets, um, I don't, mostly because I don't have the space. Right, so, right. But the big thing is, I it, for me to get something new, and I have to go through a checklist. One, do I have space for it? Mm-hmm. Which probably should be, it should be reversed because the first thing should be, do I have the money for it? And that's almost <laughs> always no. I feel that though. Yeah. <laughs> but like another for, good thing is too, is that through the world and the magic of emulation. Yeah. I mean, we have here, I can kind of turn it just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sitting beside, let's see. This uh, is um, a control panel. And on one side, it has an eight-way stick, and my husband modded it to have a four-way stick. So you Ooh. can kind of see there's a trackball here in the middle, too. And oh, this is what nice. we use to run our MAME. So any game that would use a trackball, any game that would mm-hmm. use an eight-way stick, any game that would use a four-way stick, we can emulate that. And then up here, you'll see it has one, two, three. So I can still emulate being Panic playing that way. And mm-hmm. then... Um, Two-player Street Fighter. We actually did play mm-hmm. Turtles in Time because when I wrote yeah. my review for it, I wanted to be able to compare the Super Nintendo version to the arcade version, and I mm-hmm. ended up preferring the arcade version because you can just put a whole bunch of coins in and yeah. play through that way. <laughs> yeah, well, but yeah. That it's, was not really like, it's not like you get. Oh man, it's like uh, that's a whole. Other, I'll ask you that. It's actually no. I'll ask you now since it's on my brain. Um, when arcade cabinets or when arcade games get ported to consoles, I feel like up to a certain era. Like up to like once you get to the Dreamcast, because I feel like when Soul Calibur came out on the Sega Dreamcast, that was the arcade experience in the whole. Okay. Neo Geo aside, because let's be real, though that no one owned a Neo Geo. And if you did, you're stupid rich. And also those cartridges are in fact the arcade boards, so that's that's not fair. But when it comes to arcade games going to home consoles, because I don't know, um, I don't know if you were alive during the time, because but I do remember because I definitely wasn't alive, but like when Pac-Man came to the Atari 2600, mm-hmm. 
one of the I feel like that's one of the one of the reasons the the video game market crashed in '83 was because they were promised the arcade version, but of course when they plugged that sucker in their Atari, it right. was that it was even close because the the hardware in the home couldn't match the hardware in the arcades. So when it are there certain games that you prefer the home console version, or do you are you just like up to a certain point it's all arcade it's arcade or nothing? Um, I try. I will be very honest. I don't typically play home console games. If I do, I try to play it long enough just to give my own fair opinion of the game. Mm-hmm. But I think home console games are significantly harder than arcade games. And I think that's because I think the goal was they wanted people to sit down and to play longer and they wanted to give people their bang for their buck. Whenever they purchased the game, you were going to have this game for a long time. They wanted you to be able to play it for a long time. Whereas if you went to the arcade, you might not be able to finish the game while you were there. You were just playing just to play the game. I also think that in hindsight, because it's 2020, I don't think people understood the technology difference between a PCB on an arcade and anything that the Atari 2600 that could handle. So I think we can look back and go like, you're comparing apples and oranges. How could you expect this thing to do this thing? But it was on the precipice of technology. They, they didn't know what it could or couldn't do only to find out it cannot. Yeah. Like that, cause that, cause even when I was talking to Howard Scott Warshaw, I call that era of video games, the primordial age, like the primordial age of retro, because that was literally the first Mm-hmm. They didn't know because like when Howard Scott Warshaw, when I was talking to him, he didn't know what um, video games could become. This They were true pioneers in the field. So when people nowadays talk about, oh, E.T. is the worst game of all time, it's not. I also own a copy of it. I don't think it's the worst game of all time. Honestly, I think Pac-Man's worse, but that's my opinion. I get so frustrated about it because I don't think people know enough about the game to be able to say that it's the worst game of all time. I challenge anybody that has said E.T. is the worst game ever to learn more about the game. And then maybe you'll go, oh, you know what? It has reasons for not being as good. But in actuality, it's pretty perfect. (laughs) I mean, also the man coded a game in five weeks. Exactly. That's a Herculean. I mean, back then that's a Herculean. I mean, of course I talked to him about it uh, already, but that's already a a stupid Herculean effort, even for the primordial age of video games. Correct. And also also, I own a copy because I like preserving that piece of history. And Mm -hmm. that is a piece of history. And I'm even, I may never own a 2600 in my life, but at least I have the cart. Yep. Glad you do. Keep it. Don't ever get rid of it. I'm not getting rid of it. Um, (laughs) Because um the reason why i asked you about the home version of arcade games compared to the actual arcade ones is that one of my best friends every time he and i go to arcade and we see a galaga machine we kind of go head to head oh yeah and i feel like especially with newer versions because of course like if we're talking about snes or the nes because i really don't like the nes version of pac-man it's a fine enough port of pac-man do not get me wrong it works but I much prefer the arcade style. And thankfully there's machines and I have a plug and play that emulates the arcade version very well. Good. But he got really good at Galaga and I love Galaga. Pac-Man and Galaga are like my two favorite arcade games. But the reason why he got stupid good at Galaga is because he played it on the GBA and would just, you know, he would, it's like, it was a time killer for him. It was like, let's see how good I can get. So I feel like with arcade, with the arcade or, the arcade ports of home console or the home console version of arcade that could really help you 
get better and get a high score because every time we play, I'm a decent Galaga player, but he is look every time we play, he always gets the high score on the machine, or not always, but he gets a very good high score on the machine and beats me nine times out of ten. I'm curious to know if in his opinion the the home port is more difficult than the arcade port because then that would also be like when baseball players practice with a heavier bat, Mm -hmm. you know, it almost, it makes it more challenging. And then when the real deal comes along, they use a a true weighted bat. And then that way it's easier for them to swing it. They make it harder on them at at first. And then whenever the real time comes, it's easier to do. So I wonder, you should ask him that, like, do you, in your experience, do you find that the home version is more difficult than the arcade? And then if that's the case, then I, I would be curious to see like a, like a study or a write-up on that. If if they think home players are more difficult than the arcades, how well do they do on the arcade compared to the home version? That actually might be a really good article for me. To, I know, I, right? I write, for old school, I write freelance for Old School Gamer Magazine, so that's actually... Uh, uh, yeah, You're I'm, welcome. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> now, go ahead. Um, go ahead. Write it down. Write no, it down. Just credit me. That's going to be horrible. This is going to be horrible on me if I write this whole thing. I'll, make, I'll, try, I'll keep a mental note of it. But because he was able to get a high score, I mean, he he was playing on a D-pad. He wasn't playing on joystick. But, of course, Galaga, you just go left and right. You don't make right. any crazy movements. So because I, I feel like especially with the – during the NES and SNES, SNES era, there were only, yeah, arcade games in the home, awesome, but they're still inferior. But since he was able to get the patterns down for Galaga on a Game Boy Advance and he was able to apply that to the arcade version – and of course, every arcade cabinet is different because there are times where I'm playing a Galaga game. I could just hold down the fire button and it just goes, beep, 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 beep. but some yeah. arcade cabinets, you hold down the fire button and it just goes, pew. Yeah. And then you're like, uh oh. And you have to constantly, like, you know, give your wrist carpal tunnel by like constantly tapping the fire button. Right. And that's where, if you were to be submitting a high score, that IMP becomes important because they want to make mm-hmm. sure that you're running it not with auto fire. Yeah, because there have been times I'm playing Galaga with auto fire, and every time I find a cabinet with auto fire on, I go, sweet. I just like, <laughs> I just, I am that guy where I just push the button down. I just make sure to dodge all the things. I mean, yeah, I'll get the, I'll sacrifice my one Galaga so I could get double ships and just like lay waste to them aliens. But still, if there's an auto fire button, I'm using the auto fire button. <laughs> it was almost like, what is it? Was it track and field? Or one game where people would use a pencil or a comb to be able to press the two buttons faster. And I always... They would, they would oh, take a pen it. and go... Yes, I, I love seeing... Um, one time I saw it, and I wish I had saved the picture, where just the buttons were worn down or the cabinet is worn down just a certain way from where people kept doing that. And I said, man, that speaks... that If I could be that cabinet for a day and hear all the stories it would have to tell, that would be amazing. That would, because of all the a lot of cabinets, or just like if I could just listen to the stories of a game in general, it was just like the stories that they could tell of right. being, in the, especially like a game like Donkey Kong, or even let's go a little bit before that, Tempest. I absolutely, I'm once again not super good at Tempest, but it's one of those arcade games that if I see it in an arcade, I'm like, oh, cool, Tempest. I'm I know that one. Yeah, I was like, hey, I would play some Tempest because it's a fun, easy game to to play, and. Just the stories that these machines could, I mean, if they could talk, it was like, what the stories are. And also, please don't rise up and become our overlords. Let's not do that. Right. Yeah. Donkey Kong would, um, I probably would be public enemy number one with the mean things <laughs> that I've said to it. 
<laughs> Probably. Gonna be yeah. So, uh, da -da -da -da. so what are, what do you like most about Donkey Kong? Um, I like the predictability when playing mm -hmm. because there's some, there's a lot of randomness to the game and once you figure out the patterns and you learn that there is a level of predictability that you can get to. And once you know that you can play more confidently, but sometimes that predictability, you rely on it too much because you have mm -hmm. to be flexible sometimes because you never know what the RNG is going to do to you. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy that a lot about it. And I think I also enjoy, um, the different ways that you can play. Like there are patterns that you need to run when playing. Sometimes you have to test your skills because maybe a pattern won't work for one board. Uh, mm -hmm. and that is, that's exciting when that happens because you get to almost test your skills. Yeah. Right? Don't. Oh yeah. Cause I keep trying to remind like when I play Pac-Man at the arcades mm -hmm. and I try to remind myself is like, there are the ghosts, like, like the red one will chase you. One right. will run away. But then of course, when I'm actually playing a game of Pac-Man, there are times where I'm like, I, I feel like the ghosts just like, just go whichever, which way. And then next thing I know I'm caught in a pick. I'm like, uh Oh, I'm screwed. Right. Cause you got like four different ghosts going after you. And of course, once you progress through the game, then power pellets ain't going to do squat. Nope. They're, they're not going to help you at all. So then it's like, truly like, I gotta, once again, I, there are times I hate saying this. I say, when I say it, I say it in jest. And also because I, I was playing Dark Souls with my brother and there are times we'd be playing a boss and we're on voice chat and we're like, man, we got to get good. Oh, I love saying that. I, I love saying, <laughs> I've decided I want to get good at Donkey Kong. Yeah. Like when I say get good, I say it in jest. I'm not like trying to be mean or anything. Because there are times where someone, because I was playing Rocket League one night and I haven't played Rocket League since because there's someone who's like doing, they weren't, they were doing like text chat and they're like no dude and they're like trying to be like the team captain but they're being very you know it was it was a it was an uncasual setting that's the worst part it wasn't competitive it was a casual setting and it's like no when i say this you do this i'm like dude f off and then he finally he said get good i'm like i, I haven't played rocket league since wow toxic time to block them yeah i mean i because when rocket league became free to play i'm like cool and then i'll just it was fun for a while and then after a while i'm like yeah i'm just gonna i'm done i'm i haven't played rocket league since do you feel like you're missing anything by not playing nah okay good the, the <laughs> only thing i was bummed is when before rocket league became free to play is i missed out on like getting the delorean the jurassic park jeep as your car all right. that cool stuff because now it's like oh you have to it's like fortnite where you have to do like a monthly subscription now i do play fortnite and i do am part of the fortnite crew and the monthly subscription and all but at least with Fortnite, I play with my friends, right. and they and they and we and we enjoy each other's company. Because if I'm playing Fortnite by myself, I'm just trying to get quests done, and I and I don't even have my microphone on. I'm just like, if I can do a thing, cool. And I'm glad that there's really no option for Fortnite to talk to to random strangers. So I'm I'm good. I don't have to, I don't have to deal wow. with people uh, messaging me and being mean or stuff like that. That's what I I think it's this very bitter generation of like it's almost a not healthy level of competition you know mm -hmm. like you you compete to have fun not to almost point fingers and go like you're bad at this but there's something in these competitive games now that I just 
I can't enjoy. It takes a lot of the fun out of it for me. Yeah. And I think rather than respecting other players and saying, okay, maybe you're not the best at this game, that's okay. But I think sometimes it's it's almost like a team effort, especially I don't, mm. I don't usually I don't play Fortnite, so I don't know how it goes. But if you're on a team and somebody's clearly lagging behind, I, I can get that if you're trying to accomplish something and somebody's, you know, maybe testing your patience, but being a jerk about it, that's never okay. Yeah. Like one thing I love about Fortnite, especially with playing with my friends, is that my friend, because I tried Fortnite way back in the beginning. I think it was like the very first time the game came out. It was like season two. My brother tried to get me into it. And this was back when it was just one one versus 100 or your squad versus a, the, everyone else. And you try to survive. And if you win, cool. But if you don't, too bad. And my friends, when the Marvel event was going on, which was, I think, last year, they tried to get me into it because it was like this big event. You can win, earn stuff and do some cool stuff to it because they added more things to Fortnite that Ooh. actually made the game fun. And when I was talking to another guest of the show, Cindy Jacks, I actually convinced her, like my friends convinced me to get onto Fortnite. And when we and we uh, we played it for a good, like we had two really great sessions. I really need to hit her up and play again. Now that I have a week off work, I could totally get some Fortnite done. And while we were playing it, I was, she was asking me all these questions like, oh, this is how to do this. I was giving her tips my friends told oh, me. Good. I, I mean, it's not me teaching her how to play the game. I feel like it's me like, hey, this is how I enjoy the game. And But once again, if you right. don't enjoy a game, that's totally fine. Like I'm more than comfortable with saying, hey, I am not a very good arcade player. I love arcades. I love playing these arcade style games, but I'm nowhere near the level of competitiveness that maybe you or other people are. Because right. when I go to arcade, I go there to enjoy it. And if by some miracle I get into a groove, I'm able to go for a high score and I'm able to try and do it. Yeah, I'll try and go for a high score. And yeah, I'll take a picture and be like, hey, I got this high score. It's probably going to get beaten, but it's there for now. <laughs> it feels good though, right? Yeah, it's very good. Even because a lot of the arcades I go to, they like reset a bunch of the high scores every day. Oh time. yeah, I like that. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. They'll like, because for a while before, in the before times, uh, arcade I went to, they had the high scores on top of the machine. Like on the, the machine itself, they like, they wipe them every day. But uh -huh. it's like, hey, here's a saved high score. And if you could beat it, cool. I love I think that. I think if you were able to beat a high score, you got like a t-shirt or something. And then they're like, hey, so-and-so. Oh, fun. Your... I, I could I be like wrong. Once it, I could be wrong, but you did get your name. It was just like a little paper, a little thing that they folded up and put on top of the cabinet. It's like, if you could beat this high score, let us know. But then it's like for a while, it's like, hey, my high score is up there. And it's like, if someone beats, it's like, oh, dang, I got to go back and do it again. Yes, it's very motivating. That's mm -hmm. a lot of fun to see that. Mm -hmm. I get that. Yeah. Yeah, because seeing like I, I get like Rocket League is competitive, Fortnite also can be competitive, but just like when people straight up go like, oh, you should not be playing this game because you're not that good. It's like, of course I'm not that good. I just like enjoying it. Or yeah. even um, I don't know if you saw, I don't know if you're active on Twitter or not, but yeah. um, that's that you might be saving yourself a lot of party. I am so scared of Twitter. I don't. It just seems like a very angry <clears throat> website, and I don't want to. I don't want to do anything with it. Well, I got I got lucky because I fell into a, a loving retro game community. Oh, good. That they do not show any level, of, at least as far as I've seen, hardcore toxic toxicity. So once again, I got stupid lucky. Oh, very good. But there was um, there was someone who I wasn't following posted a YouTube comment where 
she or this she's also a youtuber and she posted a video on like it was like a little listicle thing of like the the chillest games to play on the switch okay and this angry gamer comes up and says you are not a real gamer if you play x play if you do if you play pokemon you're not a real gamer if you play um mario's not a real game animal pretty much this angry guy who is just spewing all of this stuff about if you play x y and z you are not a real gamer and i do not subscribe to that way of thinking i don't care i my way of thinking is do you like video games congrats you're a gamer right oh oh you only play when you can because unfortunately we're adults we have adult jobs we're not in high school anymore where we can spend an entire weekend playing games Guess what? You can take if you can just get an hour of gaming a day. Congratulations, you're still a gamer. Yep. I think the best response to somebody who's like that would be, "Do you leave hate comments? Congratulations, you're not a nice person." Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> That's really the pretty, only way to respond to that. Pretty, pretty much, because like, if, um, like donkey, like, because this person was just constantly going on. I was like, "Oh, you need to play games with skill. That you're, you have to really get good." It's like, dude, if I just want to relax and make my Animal Crossing island look nice, I'm gonna. Like make my Animal Crossing island. Right. What do you call that then? If that's not considered gaming, what is that? What I don't understand. What would what, what else would that be? It's not writing. Yeah. It's or even not, when, uh, or even cooking. when or even when people complain about difficulties, because I feel there's an argument on both sides of whether games or not should be difficult. And actually, I kind of want to get your perspective on this because Donkey Kong, for those who don't know the patterns, I would say is a decently difficult game, especially for me, because who does play arcade games, who has some hand-eye coordination i it's really hard for me to get past level two i've done it but it's still pretty difficult for me because i i just can't time mario's jumps in uh in donkey kong for me are very slow and i have to be really precise especially with jumping over those barrels because there are times like cool i made it and then all of a sudden it's like where the hell did that one come from there's a lot of that <laughs> so what what the um where do you fall on on the i guess the debate on difficulty because some people say games should have a difficulty setting and some people are stauntly against it which once again i don't understand for either um because this debate really came up again when metroid dread came out so first and foremost i think difficulty is a very objective thing like mm -hmm. platform games might be not as much of a challenge for you as they are for me Mm -hmm. Or um, puzzle games might be easier for me, but they might be more of a challenge for you. So difficulty is incredibly objective. Mm -hmm. I, in fact, just tried to play freeway on the Atari 2600, and I can barely make it across the freeway. I think I maybe did it two or three times, and I was ready to just throw the controller out of the window. <laughs> but if I go turn on my PSVR and I play Beat Saber, I can burn through two and three Expert Plus games like nobody's business. So something that is easy for my husband or for you, like it's, it's really very objective. So I think that's something to always take into the conversation when discussing whether games should or should not be difficult. Of mm -hmm. course, whenever you turn a game on, you obviously want to be able to work through something that's part of what makes it enjoyable. But if you are a person that wants to sit down for two and three hours and you have the time to spend on a game, you're not going to want to be done with it in 30 minutes. Right. That's not enjoyable for you. Or if you only have 30 minutes to play and it takes the entire 30 minutes for you to get past one part of the game, that's, 
that almost feels like a time suck. So Mm -hmm. it's difficult for me to answer this question. Do Mm -hmm. I think that games should be difficult? I think it is up to the player's decision for that. I think that everyone has a different level. I don't like my games to be difficult because one, I'm lazy. (laughs) Two, if I make the time to sit down and play a game and it takes me 30 minutes to get through the first level, I'm never going to play the game again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Three, if I don't learn anything from this game the first time I play it, I definitely don't want to play it again. So that's my experience with it. I don't think they should be impossible, but I think playable is the way that they should be. Yeah, because the reason why I ask this question is when Metroid Dread, and I absolutely love Metroid Dread. As of right now, it's my game of the year. I absolutely loved it. It's It was so fun. Whoa. But I will agree, Metroid Dread is challenging. But of course, looking back at older Metroid games, i.e. Super Metroid, Metroid Fusion, um, even Samus Returns on the 3DS, there is a level, the normal setting is still pretty hard because these games were always hard but as I was playing Metroid, uh, as I was playing Dread, because um, I streamed the first like hour and forty minutes on my Twitch channel with my with one of my co-hosts Ryan, and I died a lot, but I wasn't angry that I died. I wasn't mm-hmm. mad that I was like I wasn't yelling at the games like this game sucks. This is horrible. Why is it so hard? I was like, okay, I see where I messed up. Let me try again. And. I do agree that it's all up to the gamer's perspective because video games, like any form of media, any form of art, are subjective. I mean, yes, we get some games that are widely accepted as one of the best games, but there's always going to be a handful of people who say, no, I do not necessarily like this game. Mm-hmm. And that's not, and when I, and that's okay. That's, that's not, not okay. That is perfectly fine. That is your taste and your, like some people may exactly. say, yeah, like some people will say Breath of the Wild, best Zelda game ever made. And you get uh, some other, another group of people who like, well, no. And that's their preference. And that is totally fine. That is A-OK. So I definitely agree that difficulty-wise, it's up to the player. But I will also say that having games being accessible to up to those who may have a disability or who may have yes. some form of who may have some form of like they can't they have the reflexes aren't the best i also say is good so that way because the whole point is for people to play games and enjoy them correct because i don't want someone to like play metroid and be like oh this game sucks it's like well why is this well i died the first time it's like well if you did you try that would have been me (laughs) it's like well maybe try something else and if if they just or if they just want to play games on easy mode that's totally fine i'm not going to yell at them i'm not going to be like how dare you because I love Kingdom Hearts. It's one of my favorite RPGs of all time. But I play on normal. And have I tried playing on hard and on proud or critical mode? Yeah. I, it's a challenge. But mostly I just like watching the Disney stuff. And I like playing through the Disney levels. So, so something that I can relate that to is Lollipop Chainsaw. I had that game in my collection for a long time. And I had never played it. I just kind of had it because I thought it was, I mean... Who doesn't love a chainsaw wielding cheerleader, right? That's pretty right. fantastic. I mean, yeah, I see cosplays of that all the time. So it's I like, well, that's kind of, that's it's a good thing. Great. Yeah. But I think there's something to be said about playing a game on easy or on normal and being able to enjoy the story the way that it was written, because that entire game has so much campy humor. 
I think if I would have played it on a more difficult set and I would have gotten frustrated and never wanted to play the game, I would have missed out on a lot of opportunities to enjoy the game the way that they wrote it. And the cut scenes are hilarious. And some of the jokes that they crack, very crude humor. I think playing it through on easy didn't take away from my experience of the game because I still got to enjoy it from start to finish but if i had played on a more difficult setting i think i probably would have tapped out and been like i hate this game i never want to touch it again and i would have missed out on a good story i mean there are also games where when they do ask for a difficulty setting i normally just go normal Mm -hmm. and if like a a good example is the new god or god of war 2018 you put that sucker in it asks you which difficulty you like to set and i put it on normal of course I love it. I also enjoy it when games progressively get more and more difficult because sure. it tests you how well you um because that's that game has RPG elements. It's like, hey, do you want to go more of a strength build? Do you want to do do you want your attacks to have more of a magic potency so they're stronger, but your your swing is a little less your swing isn't that good. Essentially it's like testing you your skills that you've learned and you can test them in battle. Of course, the secret bosses, like the very last the last secret boss. On normal mode, it is a gauntlet. I could only imagine how difficult, <laughs> excuse me, how difficult she is on like hard mode or God of War mode, which is the most difficult setting in the entire game. Do you, but, does it go where you can play through normal and then you still take your character at that level at the end of normal and bring it into oh, new a game more plus? difficult setting? Or do you um, have to start from square one at the beginning of every new game? I want to say there is a new game plus for God of War. I haven't, to be honest, I haven't played God of War since I beat it in 2018. But I want to say yes, but I do know that on the highest difficulty, it gives you a warning. Whereas if you start God of War mode, you have to finish it in God of War mode. Oh my gosh. But if you go from hard, medium, and easy, you they, it's like, hey, if you want, you can change up. We can change up the difficulty. That's totally okay. fine. So, but in that one, it's like, look, this is hard, but you you're if you pick this it, it gives you a fair warning at the beginning okay. of the game it's like yo if you want to go to this mode you can't change it so if you're there you're stuck okay unless you Note want to restart the, unless you yeah. want to restart the whole game which i think is is good i feel like if it gives you a fair warning that's fine and like maybe the hard difficulty is hard because there are times even the beginning of the game of god of war i was playing on normal i was dying a lot and i was like what am i missing here what what's like what's going on Okay. Almost like a strategy development. Yeah. Yeah. And then the more I got used to it, the more I started playing, it's like, okay, now I I can get it. I get a, I get a good groove and then I could progress through the game. Gotcha. I feel with modern games, even with them being some of them being difficult, like you got a game like dark souls, that's difficult right out the bat. But of course people love it because it's difficult. And then there are others who do not. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I mean, I feel like with with the game like Dark Souls, because that at first I wouldn't I would never play Dark Souls if it wasn't for my brother gifting me the game. And a cool thing with Dark Souls is you could play co-op, so you have more people with you helping you out. And I found that to be a more enjoyable experience. Oh yeah, I love that. I love a good co-op game. Oh yeah, it was so it was so much fun. And also we got to go through the levels essentially twice because the way they do their co-op is a little iffy. So. If we found a strategy that worked for us uh, against a difficult boss the first time around, and when we had to go through the second time around, it was like, okay, cool, we got this, and we were able oh, to cool, I like that. We were able just to lay waste, but there have been times where we implement that same strategy and it didn't work out. 
Yeah, there was this one boss we were fighting, and the we play on my on my side, and we we beat it the first go. We're like, cool. We go to his side, and for some reason, it's like, why is this so much harder than last time? <laughs> I love that though. That's that's so much fun. It's like I played Diablo and Champions of Norath and all of those things, and the the co op parts of those games. I remember playing in high school. It's just like when you find the right recipe and you're in that groove. It's it's that is the yeah. essence of gaming. <laughs> yeah. Well, however, I do will agree that especially games back in the '90s, they had they were forced to make their games hard, i.e., Blind King and Battletoads, because of the whole like they don't want renters to beat them in one go. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because you heard about what happened from the developers of the, the Genesis Lion King game, right? I I feel like maybe maybe you'll have to refresh my memory. No, they actually came out and apologized for making the game difficult because Disney <laughs> said because Disney told them to make the game stupid gift difficult in the like it, once you get to um, the level I just can't wait to be king and the monkeys and that puzzle part. Okay. Because they made that stupid difficult just so people had to go out and buy the game so they could try and beat it, and then the rest <gasps> of the game that? difficulty like the second level was one of the most difficult levels of the game. And then once you got past level two, it the difficulty dropped down and then gradually went back up again. Oh my goodness gracious. Now I almost feel like playing. Just be like, really? No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that because my patience would be gone. Yeah. But then you also get like games like Battletoads, the original Battletoads for the NES, which is, that is notorious for being stupid difficult. Oh, like, yes. Because I- That's like- I, Yeah, that is just like, there was a term in the 80s called Nintendo hard, like Mega Man 2 or the original Mega Man game. Is it hard? Yeah, because you got to get pixel perfect jumps and that yellow demon just makes me so mad. They really knew what they were doing when they were developing some of these games. Yeah, I mean, of course they had, it's like, hey, let's get these players. I mean, yes, if you're good at those old Nintendo games, bravo, holy crap. But nowadays, it's like I try to play the original Mega Man and not use the rewind feature. And I'm like, I could that yellow demon, man. I, I think <laughs> past it. I had to use the stupid rewind feature to, to beat it. And even then, I was like, look, I know I didn't really beat Mega Man one or two or three, but I saw the end. I needed to go back and do it. Okay, it's fine. We'll get through it. <laughs> yeah, that that yellow demon, by God. Okay, so getting back to arcades. Now that the pandemic is hopefully winding down and some places are recoup- are recuperating, what do you feel is the future of classic arcades? A lot of it is history preservation. Mm-hmm. I hope that people go into respecting that. I think it is becoming a more and more popular thing where a younger generation, people in their 20s, early 30s, are uh, enjoying this this barcade atmosphere because it is a very social thing. Um, I think that maybe barcades will become a larger chains because there are some chains of barcades and I could see they're becoming more chains of barcades and, or, you know, maybe local arcades opening up their own, uh, locations, multiple locations within, you know, different parts of the city. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where it goes. Um, right now with the way the pandemic was and hopefully, you know, knock on wood, all those fun things, um, owning 
an arcade is it's very pricey but there's things like arcade one-ups and mains and you're able to emulate a lot of these games without having to have the original hardware so i think for someone that is interested in arcades but maybe it isn't the price point to purchase a full-size cabinet i think that there are other ways that you can enjoy arcade gaming without having to go to an arcade or purchase an arcade and i think that could be another step in the right direction for the future mm -hmm. of arcade games when Arcade 1-Up first came out and introduced, like, hey, we're it's a smaller arcade cabinet, but we still emulate the games and also throw in a few bells and whistles here and there. Mm -hmm. To me, and also it's vastly cheaper than an original cabinet. I talk oh, about, absolutely. I, yeah, I talked about this with another um, former guest, Sense Spacey's, because his dream was to own, because he had a Shinobi arcade cabinet when he was a kid. Wow. But once again, it was only the one game. Whereas you have things like Arcade 1-Up, you get a few games and also right. they're smaller and also cheaper to have. I mean, I will always say that as I'm not a purist, because if there's a, like, I'm not against emulation. I think emulation is a great way. It's great for preservation. It's also a great way to, um, to play games that you may not have access to. True. However, I don't immediately try to go emulate certain games. I would like to have the real thing because, you know, it's like I have the real thing. I want to try to preserve it. But also, I'm not very tech-savvy or code-savvy. So for me, <clears throat> like when Nintendo took out the N64 games on their Switch Online service, I was like, yeah, I'll gravitate to that. Because for me, I know it's, well, I mean, it might not work because some people are complaining about it. But for me, it works fine. And I'm okay with that. And I don't want to, and I don't have the knowledge and the know-how, and I don't, and I don't have the time to really go into the knowledge and know how on emulating things on, like, say, uh, my computer or my laptop or whatever. Right. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Emulation, good. Let's, pre let's preserve these games. But at the same time, you really have to have knowledge and know-how. So with um, arcade games, especially now with the pandemic, I definitely feel like a lot of people are getting into it. And I love Arcade 1-Up because it's, A, they're smaller and also they're cheaper. And it's just, it's keeping games alive. Unfortunately, really yeah. Unfortunately, there's an arcade that's local to my area that had to shut down a location and sell a bunch mm -hmm. of games during the pandemic because, unfortunately, no one can go. This was during one of our lockdown, and only essential businesses could stay open. They're still alive, which makes me super happy. Good. And I hope that they are thriving. And but one of the things I love about these arcades is that all the games are set to free to play. Ah. Oh. Every time I hear, I mean, if I have to pop in quarters, as long as I have a few dollar bills in me, okay. Or they have a machine, it's like, hey, you put in, like, you pay money through your credit or debit card, and then it'll spit some quarters out. I'm okay with that, too. But if I go in, it's like, hey, X amount of dollars for this minute, this this many minutes, this many minutes, or all day, you can bet I'm going to, like, all day. I'm going to be here for a while. Wow. I like that. Yeah. yeah um, up, down, in... The, that chain, the way it works is you, there's a token redemption machine. So mm -hmm. you can actually budget what you're going to play. Similar to a quarter system, except for it's just tokens. Mm -hmm. So you can say, I only want to spend $5 on playing games tonight. I'm just here to have a few drinks and relax <laughs> and just play some games and have fun. Mm -hmm. um, whereas if you know that you're going for a day for competition, you know, it might be easier to purchase an all-day pass versus spending five, ten, twenty dollars because you're trying game and game and game again. The arcades near me, they are all set to free play. So it is you buy your pass for the day, you can go in at lunchtime, 
you know, leave shortly after, go get something to eat, and then come back again that afternoon. So you can easily pay your all-day pass in as many free games as you would be playing, mm-hmm. playing for all day. No, having all, to me, having holiday passes is like the best thing. Because even then, it's only a few dollars more because – um, one of the arcades that's very close to me, they just brought back their all-day pass because now things are, once again, when the pandemic was starting to decline a little bit and people were starting to get vaccinated and everything, they're like, okay, we unfortunately had other prices, which sucks, but a lot of places have to do that now because they mm-hmm. lost a lot of wages, which understandable. Right. I will just have to live with that. And the all-day pass wasn't back. It was like $5 for 30 minutes, $10 for an hour, or they had a special of uh, two for 30, like two people, two hours, um for $30 which and they have I mean it wasn't a giant arcade but it was a decent size I'm like yeah I can yeah, use yeah. with my friends and the I could I could easily spend two hours here that's fine sure now sure. they brought their all-day pass back again which it was it's a little more expensive now but at the same time I could live with that but the fact they brought back the all-day pass means I can hit up one of my friends who loves going to arcades with me the same one who play who gets a high score on Galaga every damn time <laughs> I can just call them up. We can go do the thing, go get lunch, come back. And also these arcades I go to, they're also storefronts. And we can also peruse and look and see, hey, how much it's like, hey, let's buy some old school games. Let's buy some merch. Let's buy some stuff. Oh fun. I like that. Yeah. Also, it's one of the re- I feel that that's also one of the reasons why that particular uh store was able to survive the pandemic. They have two locations and before in the before times. One was mostly an arcade with a little storefront. The other was mostly store, but with arcade games. Gotcha. And then when the pandemic hit, they had to close the arcades down. But then they said, and then they transformed most into storefronts. And that's how they were able to survive. The other one that unfortunately had to close the location was all arcade. Which, once again, understandable. But the fact that they're still alive in almost post-pandemic. Major kudos to them. Yes, definitely. But I feel... But I will not lie, when I hear arcade, I think classic. I think Donkey Kong, I think Pac-Man, I think classic arcade games. Because there's another place close to my house that's also laser tag and everything. And they also said, we have an arcade. And I go and it's mostly redemption games. Mm -hmm. I like, like I said, I do enjoy redemption games. That's how I got my awesome little uh, Famicom pillow controller. But I see redemption games... And my heart kind of does sink a little bit because mm-hmm. if that's all there's that that's there, that's, I mean, it's fun for a bit, but it's not what I want to do. It's not what I want to play. Right. You want You want to spend your time wisely, not your money mm-hmm. wisely. Yeah. Like when I go to, like when I go to arcades and it's like, no classic arcade, classic arcade. We got a bunch of stuff from the eighties. We have some new games. Like if they have some class like newer like them games or DDR cabinets, Ooh, I'm, fine. Still, I'm all for it. Like when I go in there, I see a guitar here. I'm like, I haven't played guitar here in years, but I'll play some guitar here arcade. Guitar here was yeah. fun. That is a good one. Or um Killer B. Killer B, I think, has a whole new arcade um setup. And I had never I, I saw it briefly once, and I've never actually played the game. I haven't learned the game. I think it's something that again would goes back to learning the game, learning the patterns, learning about that. Um, but I don't think there are as many newer arcade games. I think Rock Band is a newer arcade game. DDR is still pretty new. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say pretty new, but it's what been fifteen years, something along those lines. I there's now that I think about it. 
<laughs> the arcade I went to yesterday, um, it has a lot of redemption games, but also one of their um, one of the things that a lot of people are attracted to is that they import games from Japan. Ooh, like candy cabs. No, oh, they have the they have the the crane games and the can, but I mean like actual arcade cabinets that are made in Japan. Oh, and the little still, short ones. You, well, they, have, they have the little short ones, but I mean like the big ones too, like the oh. big like the 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 newer dance games, the the rhythm games. Like I I only played one game in full Japanese yesterday, and it was the Final Fantasy Theatrium. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's the music one. Oh, fun! Yeah. It was all in Japanese. I had no idea what was going on. It was. But a did you have fun? I did. Yeah, I okay, played good. it. <laughs> Thankfully, it has this long music list of all these of tracks from Final Fantasy, and I, of course, I had to go to One Winged Angel Advent Children version. <gasps> wow! It's good best that you had a song on there that you knew. Yeah. Best part was is it was the whole song. It wasn't like a minute and a half snippet of it. It was the entire six minute long song. Yes. And I'm like. And I'm like looking at, and as I was playing, I was like, man, how long have I been playing this thing for? And it's like, you've been playing this for about two minutes. So like, it's the full version, okay? <laughs> That's great. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. But of course, because it, it had a warning. It's like, new arrival, straight from Japan. This is the Japanese version. There's no English in this. Oh, or if there is English, it's very little. That's so fun. I love that. Yeah, I love rhythm-based games. They're great. I think those are, those are a lot of fun to play with a group of people, too. Yeah, so the arcade I went to last night, and yes, it has a lot of uh, redemption games, but they also have a lot of imported Japanese games. They have um, they have a bunch of racing games there, and they do have the smaller. They have a corner full of fighting games, which are also connected, so you can play fighting games. I was playing Marvel vs. Capcom two with a friend of mine yesterday, and my roommate was kicking ass and taking names in the arcade version of Street Fighter five. Wow, oh, yeah. good for them. Oh yeah, he was about to like get to the final stage when I guess the game decided to kick him off and say, "If you want to continue, you gotta you gotta swipe your card no. again." Which I would say that was some BS because he even got challenged twice, and we don't even know where they were challenging him from because the there was like three spots for it, and there was no one else there. So we're like, "Who was challenging him?" And he wow. kicked, and he just kept on going. And then the game said, "Okay, you gotta swipe your card if you want to continue." And we're like, "Yeah, they, no. that game finally gave up." You said, "You're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna beat you. We're gonna hit you where it hurts most." <laughs> yeah, pre pretty much. But but what, luckily with arcade like that, like yes, you first walk in, you have a bunch of redemption games, so it might be a bit of a turnoff. They also have a decent collection of pinball games too, which was really cool. Fun, yeah. But I feel like with a lot of those places, you have to go in and dig or. By dig, I mean you have to go in because the fighting games and a lot of the Japanese, like the new imported Japanese stuff, those are in the back. I mean, it, right when you first walk in, you see a bunch of redemption games, you see a bunch of crane games, claw machines, and I mean, cool, but the good stuff, the stuff you're like that's tournament play that you can like keep your scores. I think there's a bunch of cabinets where you have like a little card, scan your card, and that keeps your keeps track of your progress. Those are in the back, Ooh, and as cool. cool. And I feel like a place like that is doing things right, but also it's keeping up with modern. Because a lot of people, they go to places like that and they're like, yeah, let's go and win tickets. Because, of course, they, they're a business. They have to make money. Whereas with classic arcades or classic arcades, they, like with uh, the one I frequent to quite a bit, it's a storefront, but it's also a classic arcade. I yeah. feel like they make most of their money through the store, and whatever money they make through the arcade is just a cherry on top. 
I see that. It almost sounds like the one you went to was a good balance of both retro and modern, which yeah. I mean, we all love a good balance, yeah. right? I mean, the arcade is mostly retro games because they have a Donkey Kong cabinet. They have Bosconian. One of their locations has Tempest. And they also have a um, like a Nintendo cabinet where you can pick a Nintendo game and it has Duck Hunt. And I'm like, oh, I, haven't, I haven't played Duck Hunt in years. and Because unfortunately, I don't have any CRT TVs to play Duck Hunt with anymore. And I have the Super Mario Duck Hunt combo cart for my <sighs> NES. And I'm like, you know what? This is my only way to play Duck Hunt now. So I'm just going to go ahead and play Duck Hunt. Good. Yay. Yeah. So, Abby, we're getting at that time. Thank you again so much for coming on and just ranting about arcades with me. It was Yeah, <laughs> it was. The pleasure is mine. Thank you so much for having me on. And I guess whenever I decide to make it out to California, you're going to have to show me where all of these arcades are. Yeah, I most certainly will. And you're going to have to show me how to get past the second level of Donkey Kong. You got it. Hop on stream anytime. And I would be happy to give you a tutorial as long as for anybody else that's watching too. Yes. Speaking of which, where can people find you on the internet? Both you on Instagram and, and streaming. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Dearest Abby, A-B-I. And then on Twitch at Dearest A-B-B-Y. Just to make it confusing for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so that and. And uh, do you have a set streaming schedule or is, do or should people just like keep uh, paying attention to your Instagram? Because unfortunately, yeah, if you pay attention like, to my Instagram page, you're going to be getting any and all updates, any behind the scenes stuff that I'm working on. A lot of cosplay pictures are posted up there and anything retro gaming, uh, modern gaming, even some anime stuff I've been posting a lot about lately. You're going to be able to see on there. Typically, I stream Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 10 p.m. Central Time. But if the stream has to get moved or postponed, you're going to see an update about that on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I feel bad because we didn't talk because you're part of an anime podcast. And I think that's awesome. <laughs> we never we'll even talked about that. We'll save it for another time. We'll save it for another time. Yeah, we most certainly, I mean, yes, this is a video game podcast, but we have tangent on like anime, on film, Star Wars. We, we talk about a whole bunch of stuff here. Hey, you just message me whenever you're ready for me to come back. I'd be happy to. You have an open invite, miss. So whenever you want to come back and rant about something, just hit me up and you're on. We're, sure like, thing. <laughs> well, there are times where I'm like, I message people and then I'm just like, wait, it's like, I hope they message back. Oh, well, <laughs> hey, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm most certainly glad you're you're here as well. And once again, can't wait for you to come out and play and play some Donkey Kong. And also, I do need to watch one of your streams because, like I said, I'm garbage. Okay. Come, come to my kingdom. We're taking everyone. <laughs> you got it. And of course, you can find me on the internet at benmagna 27 on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find the main show, The Fake Nerd Podcast, here on this YouTube channel. All of our stuff is here. Also, go ahead and listen to us on anywhere podcasts can be listened to. Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. Facebook Arcade Pods Menu has its own feed. You probably know that already if you're listening to this there. But... Check out the Fake Nerd Podcast as well. We talk about a whole bunch of awesome nerd stuff. I don't know when this is coming out to be perfectly honest. So whatever it does, <laughs> we're talking about something on the Fake Nerds. FakeNerdPodcast.com. Links to everything are there. Links to our Patreon. Links to our Public. Links to, um, like, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, crafted by Z Masks. She makes masks with our logo on the Fake Nerd Podcast logo on them. So that's really cool. And, yeah, check us out there. You know, like and subscribe, all that jazz. Abby, thank you so much again for coming on. And for now, unpause.